It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. In Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that's in Mark 16, and we're not quite there yet because we've been in Mark 15. But I do want to welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. This show, we call it Fireway Friday. And Bert Harper and I, all our, all the show today, we take your questions. So, uh, Bert, I've often said this sometimes, if you've ever wanted to raise your hand during a sermon, now's your chance. And the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We'd be honored to hear from you with a Bible question today. We really would, and we thank the Lord for Fireway Fridays. That get, what that means is we get to talk to more people who are listening and that's what Alex and I will go away. We'll, every once in a while, we'll call one another after the program's off, and we'll ask one another, how did you think it, how it went? And I can rate the show. When those calls come in and those calls are asking the questions that just really are neat, uh, usually we say, that's a good, good show. And so mm-hmm. let me just share with you on Exploring the Word and Fire Away Friday. The, the callers really help make the show. The, the so, callers are the star of the show. They are. Friday. And that number, 888-589-8840. And you were talking about Mark while we're waiting for the first caller to get through. Uh, let me just say, we'll probably finish up Mark uh, next week. We're planning on it. And Alex, you and I have talked. We're going to go to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John's, aren't we? Gonna, we're going to really spend some time with John. I'm looking forward oh, to that and- as well. You, you know, um, Bert and I have a project we're working on about some Bible verses, and Bert, you and I have talked about uh, Bible verses, and I was working on it this morning, and I just—it's um, hard to <laughs> describe which book of the Bible you love the best, and, you know, when we're in the Gospel of Mark, I'm thinking, yeah. my goodness, this is so rich and wonderful, but yeah, we're going to go to third, first, second, and third John, which they, too, are just rich— uh, parts of God's Word, and we're saying, folks, be a Bible reader. I'm telling you, if you if you just read the Word uh, and just reflect on God's Word, God, the the Bible is God's love letter to the human race. Amen. I mean, the more you read the Bible, the more you'll appreciate it, but also the more it will shape your life. It really will. Out of it, you want to look for promises. You do. Uh, you also want to look for sins to avoid. So there's so much in the Bible that we're looking for. With that in mind, we are ready to go. We're going to try to answer as many phone calls today as we can, as accurately as we can, because uh, we we want to give good, good biblical uh, answers to the questions. That's our goal, and our ultimate goal is to glorify the Lord. When we answer truthfully and right, it glorifies God, and that with a good attitude when we answer it that way. So let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to Arkansas and talk to Phyllis. Welcome, Phyllis. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I'm reading through uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, and both of them brought uh, some Israelites back from you know captivity. But when I, the map shows them going way up and around and down instead of just coming straight across, is that because of the terrain, or why did they take such a long way around? <laughs> you did have to pick your ways in that day for several reasons. The terrain was one of them, but also the predators that were on the mm-hmm. highways. Uh, that's yeah. the reason they had walled cities, Phyllis. You remember Nehemiah wanted to have that walled city? Uh, because, and and the population was really low. Zerubbabel had brought the first bunch back, and then Ezra came to help that and establish uh, the temple, and then Nehemiah comes and builds a wall. But it was dangerous traveling back in those days, wasn't it, Alex? It really was. You know, I'm looking at the map now, and th- that's a great call, uh, ma'am, very observant call. And, you know, the, the topography of the land, hills and valleys and rivers and canyons, I mean, that was part of it, but 
um, you know, when you think about the, the, the Philistine cities and the Canaanites and the Amorites and just what the Bible sometimes calls, quote, the people of the land, I mean, it was, uh, you know, you better sleep with one eye open because it was, like you say, predators, uh, you know, tribes that would fight and kill, and it, it could be quite dangerous. And let me say, I just got to drop in, the trip that Joseph and Mary made from from Nazareth to Jerusalem to Bethlehem, uh, it was it was not easy. And uh, mm. so those were, and that's the reason when they came back as 12 years old, they tried to go in groups. There was protection, kind of like a wagon train uh, going west here in America in the 1800s, Alex. That was a lot better than one one group of people just heading out there on their own. And so they tried to travel in groups during that time. Phyllis, thank you for that, and we appreciate your call so much. Keep listening to Exploring the Word. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to John. Welcome, John. Hello, in Mark 9-1, the kingdom of God will come with in power. I think it's referring to Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Peter preached, thousands of people were saved, and thousands afterwards. And I think that's what that means. What do you say? Okay, mm. John, thank you. Listen, let me just say this. If it is not, it is a... A, I would, Alex, I'm looking for the right word, a, a picture of the power because uh, yes. Pentecost, uh, they say, when was the church birthed? It was birthed at Pentecost, but it was conceived when Jesus was walking with his apostles and adding to that. But the Holy Spirit falling on those people, uh, it, it was a new day, wasn't it? And it was power. Yeah, uh, Mark 9, 1, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you that there's some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, verse 2 says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Let me, let me say, the, king, the coming kingdom of God uh, in power and glory and righteousness um, Bert, it, it was shown in a number of ways. First of all, like Jesus said, um, if the Son of Man is here with you, then the kingdom of God is in your midst. And then Pentecost, uh, the church was birthed. And, but I think there's something very significant about the Mount of Transfigurations, uh, Transfiguration, because it says they go up on this mountain, and um, Jesus was transformed before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow. Now, Bert, I don't want to get too spiritual, and you feel free to rein me in if I'm getting too spiritual. Christ came, Christ rose. Right now, we are 6,000 years into human history. Uh, God created in six days, rested on the seventh. I really do believe that the thousand-year millennia is going to be like the seventh day of rest, um, I think we are near the return of Christ. I think it's very interesting that six days after Jesus said he would, um, you're not going to taste death till you see the kingdom of God, I really think Mark 9-1, at the very least, is a reference to Christ's blazing display of glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you see what I'm getting I at, do see that. And again, while you were talking about that, and I agree with you. We get glimpses of that. That what you do in the Old Testament with David. I mean, you know who he was, and, and you get glimpses of different individuals. You see some patterns that's going to help describe the Messiah coming. But the Messiah was coming in Jesus Christ, the incarnation. So when God coming in power, as you said, that thousand-year reign, when it is completely come, we get glimpses. I think the Mount of Transfiguration is one of those times. Is that the time he's talking about here? I would say to our Pentecost, as John was saying, mm -hmm. both of those are glimpses of the glory that's going to be completely, uh, uh, I would say, uh, exposed and seen for reveal. Yeah, reveal. That's the word. And so, uh, thank you, John. That's that's a great, great question. Again, let's go to Tennessee and talk to Loy. Loy, is it right? L O Y, Loy. 
That's right. Okay. Well, great. It's good to hear from you today. What part of Tennessee are you from? Oh, well, around about 30 minutes from Paris. Oh, wow. Oh, wonderful. That's where we were last week. That's exactly right. Lori, what's your Bible question for us today? Well, in 2 Peter 3, you know, it talks about uh, the earth and the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. When will that happen? First, the earth was destroyed by the flood, and and I've heard that, you know, uh, it'll be destroyed by fire. Well, when when exactly do you think that will be coming? Okay, Alex, it's not going to be before the millennial, is it? Um, well, you know, it says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are therein will be burned up. Uh, and it goes in and it says, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? This is uh, the day of the Lord. And the whole Second uh, Peter chapter 3 is talking about that people are going to say, scoffers are going to say, you know, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And there's a reference to the judgment of the flood. Bert, I've got to say, this may be at the, this may be during the tribulation or at the battle of Armageddon. Um, you know, because when he says, I make all things new, um, you know, the, this, here's the thing, boy, this is exciting. The amount of matter that makes up the universe, let, let's say that it's X to the 10th power, uh, the, the rocks, the dirt, the matter that is the solar system and all the planets. Do you know a lot of scholars say it's not like the new heavens and new earth mean that this matter is going to be completely eradicated and God will call into existence new. I think it'll be the same amount of mass and matter, but it'll be purged. It'll be purged and cleansed. So, Bert, here's my question. Do you think this happens at the end of the tribulation before the millennium or at the end of the millennium before the new heavens and new earth? I I really thought it would happen after the millennium again. When you start putting exact times on some of eschatology, uh, it is speculation. You know what I mean, Alex? Some are definite. Others, where does it fit in? Like the judgment seat, is it the whole time part of it? And so, but we are assured that we're going to have it and it's going to happen. And so that's the joy of knowing the truth. It is. Hey, we'll be back right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Senator James Langford of Oklahoma. He is the state senior senator and a former member of the U.S. House of Representatives. First Chronicles 1611 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Senator James Langford as he represents the people of Oklahoma each day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, Go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says we shouldn't be surprised that problems are piling up in a country that's not only ignored God, but replaced Him. How have we done that? We'll find out today as we spend two minutes with Tony. What is an idol? An idol is any noun, person, place, thing, or thought that you look to as your source independently of the true God. And that is called an idol in the Bible. The greatest sin in all the Bible is idolatry because what you've done is remove God's exclusivity clause. No competitors allowed. When we adopt idols, and they can be sophisticated, they can be technology, money, people, relationships, they can be religion, all of those can be idols. Your career can be your idol. Your education and your degrees can be an idol. Whenever that thing is placed alongside of 
or in front of the God who has revealed himself, it will be rejected by him. A distance will happen from him and it will open up a hole for wrong things to enter into that space. We're living in a day when God has been put on the loop, like those highways that go around a city. Uh, we want God close enough to be respectable, far enough not to be bothered with. We want to be able to reference him on Sunday, but we don't need his information, direction, decrees on Monday. And so we don't wind up with the true God, even when we're praying, singing songs, and going to church. We often wind up doing it for an idol that we use the name God for. Learn how to build your life on a bedrock of faith strong enough to stand up to hard times. Check out Tony's CD series, Clarity in a Crisis, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 5, 1. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. When you're up on the mountaintop or walking through the valley below. Jesus is enough. When the storms come crashing in and you're carrying a heavy load. Don't look for the answers in worldly things when your life is tough. Turn it over to Him. Jesus is enough. Amen. Alex, I got a question for you. Were you okay. tapping your foot when that music I was. started? How did you know? I, I listened. Was, I was over here playing my guitar, you know, make believe. But amen. I, I for one, love our bumper music, as they call it. I enjoy it. And I worship amen. the Lord most of the time during those times. And so praise the Lord. Well, well you know what? We have Bible questions and the best bumper music <laughs> in all of Christian radio. I agree with you. Hey, you know, we went to Loy from Tennessee. Okay. Now we're going to Joy in Ohio. Loy okay. and Joy. Joy, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Um, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. Well, thank you for thank you. calling today. Yeah. Listen, my question I have asked before a couple of times and never got a good answer, and um, it's it bugs me all the time. Um, if God is an omniscient and he knew that all the suffering and the evil was going to happen, why did he create us? Why did he let this happen? Okay. Hmm. I want to give you a very short answer. And that's usually the way Alex and I do it. I, I usually think real quick. I was, uh, I, when I was in school, most of the teachers said, Bert, your discussion questions are not listing questions. And I, I just, li listen, if there's love, if, if uh, any joy, anyone that responds to God in love, there has to be the opposite of that, not, not choosing him, not loving him. God desires us. He inhabits the praises of his children and those praises come from those who love him. And so, Joy, listen, I know the suffering, the evil is bad, but can you imagine what it would be without those of us who know God choosing to love him? And uh, so that's, that's a short answer. Alex, fill it full, brother. You know, it's funny. I had a gentleman ask me this question probably about three hours ago. And, you know, God made uh, people to have a relationship with him, and that's a wonderful blessing. The only way to legitimately have a relationship is if there's free will involved. And with free will, there was the, the possibility that humans would use their free will to disobey God, which is exactly what happened, and thus sin. And, you know, it, I, I realize, I mean, that's... Do you know, C.S. Lewis and others have said this is the most um, common apologetics question, and the one—it's beautiful, though. Look, the Church must answer, why is there pain and suffering, and why did God allow this? But honestly, only Christianity really does have an answer for it, Bert, that, um, you know, we wish that the world didn't have pain and suffering and sin and death and cancer and violence, and God says, okay— Think about it. 
without violating his holy righteous nature, without sweeping anything under the rug, without violating our free will or overriding our ability to make a choice. God manifest his grace, manifest his power, redeemed those who would believe. He will thoroughly judge sin and sequester Satan and the unbelievers away from his heaven eternally. And given all of the details that must be addressed in order for God to be consistently God, uh, he's done it and he is doing it. And so, um, Bert, very often the question about the problem of pain comes from a place of pain and hurt. And let me just say this, that if, if you've ever stared up at the nighttime sky and said, why? God, I'm hurting. Why? Can you please fix this? The answer is yes. He will fix it. He has fixed it. And it's in Christ that we have restoration and healing, isn't it? it and, is and, and only, only in him. Jesus. Only yeah. through him. And if you're seeking that, we partner with a group of people need him. And you can call them and talk to them one-on-one, 1-888-NEED-HIM, 1-888-NEED-HIM. And don't, don't go into eternity without Christ. Don't waste another day wondering if I'm saved or not. Get saved today. Today's the day of salvation. And so uh, those of you who are listening, trust Christ. Uh, listen, we don't have all the answers, but we know the answer, and it's Christ Jesus. And uh, there's nothing like it in all the world to have that. Alex, that relationship we're talking about, there's nothing like it in all the world to know him no, and, and to be known by him. Thank you, Joy. Let's next go down to Texas and talk to Bobby Joe. Welcome, Bobby Joe. Oh, I hope you guys truly know that you are loved and respected. Well, thank you, brother. And I got one for you. Okay, man. Uh, I think it. I think it's going to bleed right into the rest of the questions because uh, I've had some people in the last few days approach me and ask me about. You know, why is this? Why is the world crazy? Why does these people do this? And I've tried to explain it. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I've explained to them that, God, we have slowly drifted away from the truth. And as we have slowly drifted, we have been depraved, and we are being turned over by God to a depraved mind. I would love for you guys to expound on that word, uh, depraved, and why, and why and how God lets people be turned over to that depravity. Thank okay. you. Love you. Thank you, Bobby Joe. It's always good to hear from you, brother. Alex, Romans tells us a journey. Uh, and basically, if you look at 121 or Romans and all that, it's 18, mm-hmm. 20, it starts with an un thankful spirit. Let's let me let me say this before we answer Bobby Joe's question as best we can. Listen, I want to tell you one of the most dangerous positions anyone can put themselves in is being unthankful. Alex, unthank you to read that in Romans and you see that yeah. when they knew God, they recognized him not as God, but guess what took place before that? They were not thankful. Uh, I, I, I just want to say a thankful spirit will see things clearer. We were answer, uh, trying to answer the question about, uh, you know, suffering and evil. Having a thankful spirit will help you look at that and observe that in a clearer way than being unthankful. And, and But I know that's where it starts, doesn't it? Yeah. And do you know uh, when it talks about in Romans 1, uh, to, uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, really, you know, I would say read the whole chapter, but 20 through 28, and it's uh, in 28 it talks about a debased mind, a depraved mind. Some, some translations of the Greek word for depravity mean uh, an inconvenient mind, but it really means useless. In other words, a mind no longer capable of doing what it's made to do. And really, in a way, the mind is made to do two things, to know God and to know truth. I mean, really. Right. And if you don't know God, you're lost. And if you don't believe truth, you're going to believe error. And my goodness, 
what a um, what a a sad thing that people would no lo- not only no longer have the capacity to embrace truth, but they're in darkness and they don't even know it. Yeah. That's why we say the minute you feel the Holy Spirit calling you, uh, embrace Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, your faith will grow. Your wisdom will grow. Um, if you reject known truth, your mind will continue to be dull and, in fact, calloused. And Bert, I honestly believe, and only the Holy Spirit knows who is who, but there are people among us, yes, and they have a reprobate or debased um broken mind and can no longer tell what truth is. That's exactly right. And a nation become a reprobate or depraved nation. And mm-hmm. uh, as you make laws that that allow same-sex so-called marriage, make laws to say it's against keeping your child from, you know, choosing as a, even in grade school, junior high, they they are male, want to become a female, and if you keep them from it, we'll take those kids away from you. They're, you know, you're headed down a reprobate mind for a nation. Let me say this, Bobby Joe, anyone listening, you don't want to go that far. It, it proves it. The Bible shows Pharaoh. Look how many times Pharaoh had time to turn around, but the more times he said no to God the harder his heart would grow. Don't go Amen. there. Say, what'd you say, Alex? Today's the day of salvation? Yeah. You, you don't L- want to let me wait, just do say, you? Uh, you know, one time, the funniest thing, um, I, I got a wrong number. Uh, it was a sales call. Uh, somebody called me trying to, I forget what they were trying to sell. And um, they. I said, you know, uh, Truth for a New Generation, Apologetics Ministries. And the guy said, what is apologetics? And I began to share. And this guy, total stranger, I led this guy to Christ on the phone. And he said, I'm living with my girlfriend. And he said, every day I've been living in sin. He said, I felt bad about this every day. Do you know what? I was counseling with a man that was struggling with homosexual activity and he told me that he said that I've been defending this lifestyle. He said, but every day I was in the gay lifestyle, he knew it was wrong. Yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. Um, I think, we're you know, we got people that are defending all manner of ungodliness and say they don't even know what a male or a female is. But there are people in our culture that are in a state of reprobation. They have so bludgeoned their conscience to death, they no longer know right from wrong. But friend, don't you be one of them. Heed the call of God's Spirit. Believe the clarity of God's Word. And let's have the courage to stand for what's true rather than fall for what's false. Thank you, Bobby Joe. Appreciate it, man. Let's go to Oklahoma and talk to Rod. Welcome, Rod. Hey, how are you doing, sir? Doing well today. Hope you are as well. Doing good. Question about uh, the rapture. Thessalonians says the dead in Christ shall rise. I thought the dead in Christ were already with him, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So I just need some clarification on that. Okay. Alex, let me see. When we die, our body stays here. Is that right? Um, but one well, day yeah, our body does. and spirit's going to be joined together. Is that, am I... That's it. That's yeah. Uh, you know that's that's why Christians are buried facing east because that eastern sky is going to split. Now to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But even all of the the millions of Christians in heaven with the Lord, they don't have their ultimate glorified body yet. Now they're in some sort of physical corporeal state, but um, the resurrection, the the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's First Thessalonians four. But I I believe that resurrection and that um, giving of the glorified body to every believer that's yet to happen. That's right. Uh, and it, it will happen though at the rapture. That does not mean your spirit and soul in heaven are not real. It's not soul sleep. It is a real reality. 
but it is going to be a glorified reality when we get our glorified bodies. I hope that makes it plain. You know, uh, there's still consciousness in heaven even now for those that's gone to be with the Lord. Thank you so much for that call, Rob. Let's go to Mississippi. Trey, welcome. Uh, hey, Bert and Alex. Uh, just wanted to tell you I appreciate both y'all. Um, the reason I was calling is because I wanted to thank Alex for – he suggested um, the Enduring Word Bible app, and um, mm-hmm. it's completely changed. Just just the depth of the commentary on every sentence and why they're using this word and, you know, quoting Spurgeon, and, and it's, just, it's just so in-depth, and I just so appreciate um, you uh, suggesting that. So that's really all I wanted to say. Praise God. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's beneficial to you. And uh, isn't it exciting, Bert? We just have so many wonderful resources these days. And like my mentor, Norm Geisler, used to say, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, Amen. aren't we? Amen. Hey, anybody that quotes Spurgeon, they're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, listen, if you don't have any of Spurgeon's books, his devotional book, I, if you can find a book by Charles Haddon Spurgeon— and read his sermons. I, I just want to tell you, I was talking to our friend Jerry Drace earlier today, Alex, oh, and we were both talking about Spurgeon. That when you read one of his sermons, uh, you have gone through every aspect that you can think of. It looks, it, it shows you the word study. He'll show you the practicality. I mean, it is so good. So Charles Haddon Spurgeon, anytime you can get his material, but the, the website, The Enduring Word. Thank you, Trey. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Sean. Sean, welcome. Hey, guys. What's up, brothers? Doing great, Good. man. Good, Good to, to hear you. from you. Yeah, grace, peace, and mercy. God's grace, peace, mercy to you guys and everybody listening. Um, I have a question about tithing, and um, it might help some others, too. Uh, we were told in the Bible to give you know 10% of our gross income, and that's not necessarily or is it, I guess that's my question, or is it to the church? Um, you know, because there's times that we give to waitresses and, and missions, like Alex's mission and stuff like that, or AFA, AFR. Um, I, I just wanted to maybe just clarify that a little bit. Well, what we'll do, we'll answer that on the other side of this break. Uh, it is a question that a lot of people ask, Sean, so you are right on about that. So we're going to take a stab at giving that an answer and sharing with you, hopefully, what we know from the Word of God. Alex and I will be back with more of your questions right after this break. God made His design for marriage absolutely clear. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi, it's the Marriage Family Life Conference 2023. Strengthen your marriage and your family with Abraham Hamilton III, Dr. Kathy Cook, Miki Addison, and many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023, for His glory alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. This is a unique moment in the history of our country where we have an opportunity to restore the foundations of this nation. Tony Perkins of Washington Watch. To a nation that once again honors God, it will not happen unless God's people are informed and engaged. Join Tony Perkins for Washington Watch. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evening at 6 Central on American Family Radio. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. 
To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As comforting as it is to know that eternal life in the tangible, manifested presence of the Messiah is our home, salvation is not intended to focus us exclusively on the eternal state. In fact, Jesus explicitly instructed his disciples that we are to be reproducing disciple makers. Central to following Christ as his disciple is denying ourselves daily. Living self-willed, self-absorbed, and self-centered lives is actually contrary to the call to follow Christ. Denying ourselves is a daily priority if we are to follow Him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Father, I'm in a desperate place. Father, I know you can bear the way. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bird and Alex on Fireway Friday, where you call in and make those calls. Our phone lines, they're full, so no need of anybody calling in because. Uh, we're going to try to get to all the people who are holding. And we had Sean that was asking about the tithe, Alex. Can it go anywhere except to your local church? You know, this is, um, I think, I really do think a matter of personal conscience. I, I really do. Now, Bert, I'm going to tell you, I always grew up hearing about storehouse tithing, and that's in Malachi chapter 3, you know, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And you know, they would say you, you give where you're being fed, presumably the local church. And I, I do believe that we all should be a member of a Bible-believing church, and we should support our church and missions. But um, And, Bert, you feel free to disagree. And, folks, by the way, we don't rehearse this ahead of time. <laughs> I, I've come to believe that the old saying, a Christian should do more under grace than an Israelite would do under law. Now, under law, you had to give 10% tithes and offerings. I think that the, the, the 10% is the starting point. Yeah. And as God leads and as, as God guides you, you give more. But um, I think wherever fruit—if you're being fed the Word, if souls are being won, the Great Commission is being right. furthered, uh, I think your tithe can go to any of those. It, it would— it, your your local church and more don't you agree, i agree Bert? with you fully and those it's tithes and offering the only thing i would say sean what you said about the waitress that might be in the category of offerings you know above and beyond yeah. I, that's just my thoughts on that alex but i agree with you and if you're a part of a local church and that's the only choice you have because some people they they don't have a lot of choices they're in a rural area where you don't have a one on every corner uh, find the best one you can, and if they're not missional, find somewhere. Yeah, I think you should support your local church some, but I think you also need to make sure part of it's going to, as you said, evangelism and missions. I really do, Alex, and so uh, thank you so can, can, much. Can I say one last thing, Go ahead, folks. brother. Um, prayerfully go look at your estate planning, too. Yeah. And I, I knew, I've known Christian families and they, they give, and, and they're faithful, and I don't minimize that at all. But look, don't leave your inheritance to the college you went to because, <laughs> yay. Uh, look, make sure the gospel is being preached through your life, even after you're gone. Whatever you do in your estate planning, make sure it's going to Christian work and not something secular. The only thing I'd add to that, a Christian college that's sending out missionaries and preachers, I would look at that as a possibility. Well, not, yes. Yeah, but not a secular university, which is woke beyond measure oh, these word. days. Okay, we better not go there. We won't get through mm-hmm. the other calls. Let's go to Georgia and talk to Dan. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call today. I have a question, and you have to apologize. I don't have my Bible with me right now. I'm driving down the road, but 
I believe it's in the book of Hebrews that talks about if we sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. And I just wondered if you could kind of help me understand that a little bit more, what that's saying. Okay, Richard. Thank you. Uh, Dan, excuse me for that call. Alex, go ahead and answer. We, we got callers. We want to make sure we get to all of them. You go ahead, and if I add anything, I will. Yeah, this this is Hebrews chapter 6, and the que- the thing is that, um, you know, is somebody that sins willfully, um, are, are they saved or not? Because verse 4 of Hebrews 6 talks about it's impossible for those who were once enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance. And so... Um, Bert, you know, it's like the Bible is clear enough to give us reassurance, but vague enough to keep us on our toes. <laughs> uh, you know? Hey, and I agree, so, man. Yes. Hey. Um, I, I really do think a truly born-again Christian, someone who's truly been saved, is not going to walk away from Jesus. They might struggle and stumble, backslide, but if you're truly born again, you will repent and turn back to the Savior. Amen. Dan, thank you for calling. Let's go to Mississippi, and it's Richard. Richard, welcome. Uh, thank y'all for taking my call. Uh, I I just I love y'all. I love everything that the Lord has done for everybody. I'm just I'm seeing Him rise everybody, and I love it. But my question today is about idols, and it's something I've had on my heart a, a while now. Is our cell phones considered an idol? Because it's not only necessarily just in my eyes as an idol, but a Huge temptation for all sorts of evil. Richard, thanks for that good call. Now, let me tell you this. I go back. I'm old enough to remember when preachers would preach about the television being an idol, that we mm. sit before it, we watch it, gives, give our attention to it. Okay. Uh, and I remember that. The same thing can be said about cell phones. Alex, I, I, I believe what Richard is saying is hitting a note with some folks. Is is the cell phone an idol? I think it's a taskmaster, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, the majority of our attention, our love, our loyalty, our allegiance should be to the Savior. And uh, if you're convicted that it's an idol in your life, then maybe it is, and, and turn from it. Um, if it's just a tool, because really, you know, technology is a tool. It, it shouldn't become an obsessive engrossing part of our life should it it should not i got this real quick story to tell people that listen to radio they'd be proud they weren't with me all the time or they'd hear all kind of stories brent is shaking his head yes because he has to hear them a lot but i was pastoring young pastor and we were bringing a film in about missions and now back then uh you know it was a film strip and it wasn't a slide is a film thing and we had a couple back then we had an hour before worship and then the hour of worship. When they found out that we were going to see a film in the sanctuary, they went home and turned mm. on their television and watched it. Uh, <laughs> you get my, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't don't do that. Don't uh, just you know, modern technology is is not all. But just because it's modern now. Alex and I, if you'll listen closely, we have done a pre-record on artificial intelligence. We're just, I'm giving yeah. you a heads up. We don't know exactly when it's going to play, but you still have to be careful with technology, Alex. I, I think that we need to say that. We need to make sure it's, it's like wealth. It's, it's, it's not wrong to you to have wealth, but it's wrong for wealth to have you. I would, okay, uh, you see where I'm going. Yeah, that yeah okay thank you thank you so much uh richard yes and next we go to alabama and talk to kim welcome kim thank you can you hear me okay yes you're loud and clear okay. coming through clearly okay. yeah okay good well i just wanted to thank you guys for your show it's been a blessing in my life um but i do have a question for you um and uh it's in uh Lamentation 333, uh, the verse says that God does not willingly bring um, affliction or grief on the sons of man. And so I was reading that. It, um, maybe I just need a little commentary on that. I, I don't I don't know. It kind of creates a little struggle in my heart, if that makes sense. Okay. 
Alex, uh, did you turn there and found that verse yet, or you know I, it already? I did. Lem- okay, go right ahead then. I'm turning there. Uh, verse 31 says, For the Lord will not cast off forever. Verse 32, Though he causes grief, yet will he show compassion, uh, according to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Um, you know, I, I'm looking up the Hebrew word for uh, cause right now. I want to see exactly what it says. But here's the thing. Um, God allows things into our, lo- our life. He really does. Now, it, it's not just arbitrary or cruel. God always has a redemptive purpose in what he's doing in our life. And so um, it's not that God is evil. And it's not that God is cruel or unfeeling. But I think sometimes out of love to accomplish a greater good, like to draw us to himself, he allows things into our life. Um, and, and it is, it's the word allow. Uh, in, in the Hebrew, it really means he allows grief. You know, and whenever I think about this bird, I think about our colleague and friend, Johnny Erickson Tata. You know, a diving accident that left her paralyzed. That's a sad thing. No, no question, no question. But God is so powerful. He has brought about immeasurable good. Millions, millions have heard the gospel and come to Christ. And Johnny Erickson has become one of the most renowned Christian leaders of the last 50 years. So um, God works everything for our good, for his glory, and for, for ultimate good, a greater good. And Bert, I, I will grant you it's a little hard to get our mind around that how God could allow stuff. God, uh, you know, he could have prevented 9-11. He could have, but he doesn't override the free will of man, and God does bring ultimate good out of temporary pain, well, as hard as it might be to get our mind around that. Romans eight twenty eight makes it plain. God takes all the things, and he works them for good to those are called according to his purpose. Now, what is good, what we consider good, may not measure up to what God says. I think verse 29 of Romans 8 tells us what good is, that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is just an observation in Bert Harper's life. Had it not been for some of those difficult, painful things that God allowed, and a lot of them I brought on myself he didn't prevent me from making those choices. Alex, I wouldn't be where I am today. God takes those things to make us more like Christ. Thank you, Kim, for that great question. Let's go to Texas. Mike, welcome. Yes, uh, Burton, Alex, I, I know we don't have much time. I don't have time to develop this, but I love you guys in Christ, and I've been listening for years. My first time to actually call in. Um I really have just a, co- a more comment observation. I, I do study God's Word uh, um, since I've been retired, especially the last 12 years, very deep study. Uh, this uh, observation, more than anything else, and, and forgive me if, if I'm straying on this, but uh, so many asked today and have asked you over the years about the sin in the world and why God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, would allow that, and uh, it just struck me in studying, uh, especially this one verse, and i sorry I can't recall the uh, source, but it's the tribulations of this world are not to be compared with, you know, what's coming Amen. Us, uh, the reward in heaven. <laughs> I'm already uh, shouting, Mike. Amen, brother. Thank you for that reminder, but go ahead, man. I had, well, one one thing, then, uh, that, that I, I do oil painting, too, <laughs> and so... Mm-hmm. The contrast of a white blank canvas and you throw a black on it, it you know, it just, and it goes, or a black canvas, you throw white on it. The contrast, uh, think of a um, uh, uh, God who existed for eternity before this world was ever created. How, now, heaven would be wonderful, you know, it, it always has been, but how could a, a God who knows everything and, and, and experiences everything, best contrast the glory of heaven if he didn't introduce <laughs> sin. I, I don't know what God's purpose. Only he'll know, and we, we may never know why he created us except for his purpose. But the contrast of sin, if we didn't have sin, 
you guys kind of touched upon that. If we didn't have sin in this world, uh, we wouldn't understand how glorious, how, how wonderful in uh, heaven is. So uh, I'll, I'll hang up now, but Thank I you, just uh, wanted to make that comment. It, uh, when I read that verse, uh, especially, and uh, it, it just spoke to me that uh, that that may or may not be God. Oh my God! It speaks to uh, me, Mike. Let things happen, though. Amen. I, I just want to say I think I've tell tell that you have experienced this and you have discovered this as you've grown older. I think that is so true, Alex. There's things I see now more clearly as I've experienced so many of those things that I did not see perspective and where you're looking from does let you see things a little clearer, don't they, if you if you it stayed really in does. the Word? Well, you know, Romans 8 is a chapter I was writing about this morning when I was thinking about some of our projects, Bert. But Romans eight eighteen, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And then, of course, Romans 8 concludes, and it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. In Christ, we have the victory, and only in Christ. Um, You know, one of the apologetic speakers we've used in a lot of our conferences, somebody asked the question, can Christianity answer the problem of pain and suffering? And Dr. Gary Habermas said, well, really, only Christianity has an answer and a solution to the problem of pain and suffering. And folks, I'm going to say it this way, and it's no cliche. The tomb was left empty so that your life could be made full. Turn to Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you need to turn to Jesus today, again, I want to give this number. It's the number of our partners. Triple eight need him. They want to pray with you. They want to talk with you. They will help you to come to that knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowing, knowing these things have been written that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't want to have to hope so, maybe so. The Bible says you can know so. No, amen. Trust Christ. Joseph, John, sorry we could not get to you today, but thank you for calling, and I hope you can call back. Alex, I'm going to be at Auburn Baptist Church where I'm interim pastor. I'll be preaching amen. here in northeast Mississippi, 830 and 1045, and I'm amen. going to be preaching about what to do after failure. I think it's going to be wow. exciting. No doubt. Well, I'll be at Southside Baptist in Greensboro, North Carolina, 10 a.m. How to do evangelism, how to lead a person to Christ. I'll be speaking. Folks, thanks for listening. Hey, be in church on Sunday. Be in the house of God. Tell somebody about American Family Radio. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.